Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and we have guests today. We're in part two with Carl and Sherry Wimmer, and they've been telling their story. If you if you haven't listened to part one yet, all I'm going to say is go back, listen to part one first, because there's, there's way too much to even try to begin to recap. But Lynn, Carl and Sherry were sharing some really cool stuff at the end of last episode. In fact, we kind of ended on a cliffhanger sort of note. So I want you to go ahead and address some of that with them before we start into part two of their story. Well, I feel a personal connection to these two because I believe, right, that the hand of God began to move among the Mormon people in a mighty way about 2012, 2013. And so these people were part of that move of God and they had their own part and they still have their own part. That's an exciting thing, right? About (laughs) knowing the God of the Bible. So just let me start from my point of view. I woke up one morning in 2012 and God just laid on my heart that I needed to write, which blew me away. I didn't want anything public, right, about my sins, my stupidity, I thought, my emotional (laughs) journey. It was hard. Let alone your whole life story, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. And all the people around me. So I began to write this book, Unveiling Grace, and that's a whole, you know, miracle how that came to be with Sondervan, the Christian publisher. But um, then we were invited with Sandra Tanner to be on a six-week series of shows about Mormonism on a Christian um, apologist TV thing, um, John Angerberg. And then in summer of 2013, right before my book, Unveiling Grace, came out, um, God moved with a man by the name of Hans Matson, who had been a general authority in the Mormon church over Europe, who was yes. questioning his faith. And that came out in the New York Times. So many people were underground questioning their Mormon faith. But all of a sudden in 2013, it became public kind of to question your Mormon faith. And Carl and Sherry Wimmer were part of that public move of God about that time. So Carl said last time that um, they were looking at things like the book of Abraham and some other, maybe you wanna take take your story from here and tell us what you were questioning and then what you did with that. Yeah. So. Um... Again, I would I would wake up late at night, uh, uh, wait till she was asleep, and I'd sneak out and I'd do research. And ultimately, I came to a place in my life where I 100% knew that I'd been fooled for 38 years of my life. And um, it, someone who hasn't gone through that, someone, it's easy to sympathize, but 
to completely have your worldview, everything that you believed was true, collapse in on you is absolutely devastating. It, yeah. it is the worst pain and internal strife I have ever experienced, ever. And, and I, I know that you know, people under, are, are going through that and they listen to that and they're like, yes, I can relate because it is so painful, so dreadful. Um, it was the darkest time of my life. I mean, I really didn't know if God existed because Mormonism is connected to God. God's connected to Mormonism. And if one is not true, then is there anything that's true? And certainly the Bible isn't true because you're taught from the beginning that it's true only as far as it's translated correctly. But the Book of Mormon is the keystone of religion. So when the keystone collapses, why would you ever even default to the Bible? And so, right. so, so I would have... I guess maybe even considered myself agnostic atheist. I don't, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to think. Right. And, and Sherry alluded to the idea that last time uh, she was kind of going through a period where she didn't enjoy church and I was becoming very, very, very difficult to live with. And it came to a head one night where she confronted me about being a grumpy jerk face. And <laughs> <laughs> Right, because and, because you've got you've got all the research you're doing. You're watching and feeling your world crumble around you, and yet you haven't shared any of this with her. So you're having to do this all by yourself. Now, did you even have any friends that you could confide in at this point, or you're just doing this solo? Um, at that point, I I uh, oh, gee, I'm trying to think whether or not I had reached out to um, a man who is so dear to me. Uh, He's a pastor, Brian Hurl, but he's the pastor of Lifeline Community Church. Oh, yeah. Church. Yeah. So, no, yeah. Okay. Brian uh, is someone who is special to me. Um, and I knew him when I was Mormon. I even went to his church a time or two when I was Mormon because I saw, uh, I saw value in getting evangelicals on my side as a politician. Right. And so. But I he wasn't LDS. So within your. L he wasn't LDS, though. No, within no, no. your LDS sphere, you had no one. No, heavens no. No, no, no. It's You don't talk about <laughs> your doubts. You do not yeah. talk to other LDS people about your doubts and your fears and your this and your that's because, because it is a sign of, it's a status symbol to know the church is true and you're ready to die for Joseph Smith. And, and, and I would testify to that and during testimony. So you don't, it's a sign of weakness to, to doubt. And so okay. I, I wasn't. No. Okay, so... Back to Sherry now. I want to hear about this so, <laughs> night of yeah, confrontation. He, he laid it all out for me. Oh. And again, I was in a place where maybe I needed something new and different. I don't know. God certainly put me in the place to listen. I then at that point took just a couple weeks just doing my own research. And by the end of two weeks, I was like, I'm done. I am wow. like, I cannot believe this wow. anymore. So we ended up talking to the kids and uh, we started at first going to Ephraim Church of the Bible because sure. we weren't going to go to that Baptist church, right? Right. So <laughs> so how old are your kids at this point? Because that's also important because I know that's something else LDS parents and transitioning people struggle with. Okay, what do we do with the kids? All our lives, we right. told them this one direction to go and now we're like reversing that. So how old were your kids? Jade, Jade um, our daughter, who is now uh, almost 20 and she's in college, she was our oldest and she was in fifth grade, um, Okay, uh, which, which is, we were very worried. 
Um, and, and every parent has to handle this differently, but the way we kind of handled it, I took Jade to lunch, just her and I, Okay. and I told her the truth about Santa Claus. I, 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 I'm like, um, she didn't know up to that point. And okay. I'm like, I, I, and, and, and I don't know why I thought that was important, but I was like, I told her, I, I said, I need you to know that you can believe what I say. I need you to be able to trust me. And, and I, it makes sense yeah. because mm-hmm. I was about to completely rewrite our religious history. I was, I was ready to destroy it, you know, and yeah. I needed her to trust. Yeah. Um, but that, that was, that, that's a little bit later because um, what happened to us, but, but, but try, I don't want to skirt that issue. That's right. a huge sure. concern. Mm-hmm. It was a huge concern right. with the kids for us. It was a huge concern for me and uh, for both of us. We didn't know what to do. So no, Sherry, I, I want to know, how, so how did you approach him? Did you just go to him and say, what's up? You're, I can't yeah, live with you I did, any longer. Because I was, I sensed that he was just in a miserable place, and um, so yeah, I asked him to tell me what was going on, and he was brutal. He was honest. I unloaded yeah. everything, yeah, and, and so, I've been researching for weeks, and I unloaded, I vomited it all in about an hour. So a <laughs> wow. funny story is we took, we had to decide, you know to make the transition out of the church, we needed to go talk to the bishop, but we weren't quite ready to leave the church. We kind of wanted the social aspect still. So yeah. we were attending both churches. And so we went in and sat with the bishop, the LDS bishop, and um, just laid it out for him, told him what was going on, what we had learned. He just sat there just quiet, taking a few notes here and there. And he really, like, that was the first time he had heard any of it. So it was probably, he was probably in shock. But when he got up to leave, um, he said, because I needed to be released from my calling. And he he did not want us telling other people in the church why. Um, So he asked me to lie. He, we have two special needs foster sons with us. And um, he asked me to just blame it on their needs. And I didn't have time to serve in the church. And so she was being released. She was being released kind of soon. He's like, people are going to wonder why you're being released so quickly because it's only been a few months. And so if they come and ask you, just tell them it's because of your handicapped children. Yeah. So that I at that point, I walked out and I said, we're never coming back. I can't lie to people. That's just ridiculous. And I can't believe that the bishop asked me to. So, so we didn't go back and went to eat from church of the Bible. The kids, I was amazed at how much they learned at that. Well, that's church such a, that's such a house. great church. Pastor Rodney Zedeker is the, yeah. the lead pastor there. And he was the pastor when we went there. So, but the prior to that, um, and, and what we, uh, we tell transitioning Mormons, one of the most important things for us was contemporary Christian music. And Sherry had already mentioned that um, she got tired of the LDS hymns that praise to the man. Mm-hmm. And if you could hide a co-op and, and those kinds of things. <laughs> and and, and um, we loved Christian music. And we, we did go about 10 years uh, as Mormons. We'd go to these concerts, um, but we loved the music. It was super good. And so it was, it was appropriate that it was in February of 2013. So now uh, we've come around to the new year and it was actually Super Bowl Sunday, January, Super Bowl Sunday. 
of 2013 that I went and met with Brian Hurl, but to tell him what I was going through. Um, wow. but, I, but I hadn't, I hadn't talked to any Mormons about it because I just didn't know what the heck to do. So I went and talked to Brian and, and, and he's a dear brother and, and he gave me good advice, but I was still struggling. Uh, but it was February 22nd of 2013. We had concert tickets to the Rock and Worship Roadshow, which was in Salt Lake consisted of Mercy Me and Cutlass and Jeremy Camp and a whole bunch of others. Yeah. And so because of this experience, Jeremy Camp is now like, he's my guy. He's my guy. But <laughs> um, at some point during the concert, Jeremy put his guitar down and, and started reading from the Bible. And it was in that moment that uh, <laughs> it was in that moment that Jesus Christ introduced himself to me uh, in a way that changed the life of my family forever. Uh, there was no question at that point uh, that God was real, that Jesus was real, and that Jesus was God and that he had saved me. Uh, it, it was an immediate, sudden thing that blew my mind. I've never experienced anything like that before, never experienced anything like it after. Um, but I walked into that place one man, and I walked out of that concert a completely new creation. Um, and I was, uh, I was like a starving, thirsting man wanting to know Jesus of the Bible. I, 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 I just, we didn't know it. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and from so, that point on. So here's a question. Started. So did that, did, I mean, that conversion, did that move of the Holy Spirit on you? Did that also affect how you viewed the Bible? Did that begin removing some of the suspicion or did you still have to do research because I know you said in the first episode, um, one of your biggest struggles was where to even go, because if the Book of Mormon was false, if the whole Mormon system had crumbled, then how could you go to the Bible, which was considered already a secondary, less reliable witness? Absolutely right. And uh, so <laughs> interestingly enough, three weeks ago, I graduated uh, with my master's degree in Christian apologetics. Um, oh, congratulations. I, uh, wow. Big thank step. You. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a bachelor's in theology, a master's in Christian apologetics, and I intend on uh, getting a doctorate in Christian apologetics. Um, I'm going to transfer to Southern Evangelical Seminary and get a, a, a doctorate from there in, in apologetics. Okay. But, yeah. but uh, I'm going to write a book first. Um, but uh, I am, uh, for better or worse, I'm kind of an evidentialist. I want evidence for why I believe what I believe. I, I yep. simply... Yep. I, I, I will never be fooled again. I'm going to tell you, I will never be fooled again. So I'm constantly researching and studying. And the last vestige that I attacked, um, wanting to know what I know was the Bible. Um, I attacked okay. the Bible uh, during this period of time. I'm like, I believe God, I know God, but I've got to know for sure. And so it was during that period of time where I hammered on the Bible like, uh, I had never hammered on anything before. <laughs> yeah. And, and I always tell people it took everything I had and said, give me more big guy, because you know what? Smarter people than you have attacked me in the past and smarter people than you will continue to attack me. But it stood like an anvil of truth. The, the questions I had about the Bible, there were, it shocked me to know that there were real legitimate answers. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't have to believe it was a tape here pulling a chariot into battle. <laughs> there are real answers to every question. Now, there are some difficult things in the Bible. No oh, question. Yes. The, 
the overall questions that you have about the Bible, there's legitimate sense, uh, sensical answers. Um, right. and, and the apologetics of Christianity is completely different than the apologetics of Mormonism. And uh, that was a big deal. That was a big, big deal. And uh, Sherry, uh, Sherry started researching the Bible. We got, uh, based off of the recommendations of Rodney and Brian Hurl, but we got study Bibles, ESV study Bibles, best thing cool. ever. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's something we, that's something that just came up in like in the last program. In fact, um, was it, oh, it was, it was a person we were interviewing, went and got like their Bible that was like falling apart. And Lynn talked about her first study Bible. That was a paperback that she pretty much shredded the cover and then somebody got rebound in leather for you, right? Yes, yeah. So cool. Oh, so ESV study Bibles, excellent. That's such a yep. great translation. It's actually, it's yes. my personal favorite. Um, That's what I preach out of. Yeah. So, to this day. so but, I, so I want to go back to Sherry them because yeah. so at the, the concert, <laughs> you're trying to ask Sherry. So, so what was, what was your, what was your turning point um, in terms of, yeah. So I had, I had serious trust issues. It took me time. It took me a lot of time. I enjoyed going to church. I enjoyed listening to Christian music. I enjoyed reading the Bible, but I had to grow into it. I had to grow to trust that Jesus was my savior, you mm -hmm. know, and um, I like Carl, I didn't want to be fooled again. So yeah. it, it took, it took time. I don't have a specific date that I can say, Oh, that's when it happened or whatever. But I just grew into just having a relationship with Jesus. And it, I do remember one specific, and she is so methodical. She is a million times smarter than I am. And, and I don't say that just because to be not, she just is, she's so methodical in thinking and she would research and document and research and document. She has pages of documentation. That sounds like me. I was going to say, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's my wife too. She is like so much smarter than I am. And so I say, we're all mixed up here. You're the one that should be in the sermon apologetics ministry, not me, because you know, you've got the gift of the sermon and this ability to just read. But anyway, God give us, God gives us the women we need to, to help that's us along. So. I, I I'll never come remember i'll never forget coming home one day and and i don't think i don't know if she remembers this or not but it, it blew my mind it was such an ex, uh, such a moment for me she was laying on the bed in the bedroom and she had her esv study bible open and and i'm like hey how you doing she looks up at me she says jesus is god and at that moment i'm like oh she gets it she gets it yeah. um yeah. because you know in mormonism jesus isn't god he is the divine literal first spirit son of heavenly father and heavenly mother and he's our brother and he's satan's yep. brother and but no when you read john 1 1 john 1 14 and the beginning was the word and the word was with god the word was god and then the word became flesh and dwelt among us that's jesus yeah. and that's where she was reading and studying and i knew at that point because i was a little worried i'm like boy i hope she uh I hope she gets the fire I have. I hope she gets, I right. hope she gets yeah. this. And, mm -hmm. and I hope, I hope I'm not crazy. And, um, and, and she got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Well, Sherry, I'm, just I'm just really longer. glad. No, but I'm really glad to hear that because I think unfortunately within evangelical Christian circles, especially Baptist evangelical Bible churches, I mean, that's my heritage. There's a really strong emphasis on knowing that day and hour and time. And I'm sorry, so many of the people that Lynn and I have interviewed, 
this is their story, especially former LDS people where it's like, well, all I know is at this point, I wasn't a believer in Jesus. And at this point over here, I was. And where exactly that happened, I don't think I could tell you, but I can tell you now this is where I am. And, and I'm always glad to hear that because that is legitimate. <laughs> I mean, God, God works with us in his own timing, in his own ways. And that inner transformation and that regeneration that takes place, it's not the same for everybody, but it is. It had. Go ahead. Right. Right. It had to be this way. And I, God is so good. So, so good. <laughs> it had to be this way for us because I was in such a dark place that I had, I had actually, uh, I had thoughts of suicide. Um, wow. And, and, and it was, I was in such a dark place that it needed to be something that was so intensely overwhelming that there was no question. Mm-hmm. And, and so God used what he needed to use to wake me up and to revive me. And then he used Sherry's intellect and thoughtfulness and steadiness. Yeah. She's a steady person to, to bring her. And it's just, God, he does different things. Yeah. So we're down to our last few minutes. <laughs> so give us your best case for why someone who has decided that Mormonism is not true should investigate the Jesus of the Bible. Tell us what you would say to transitioning Mormons. Sherry, you want to go first or? Well, I think there's a fear of religion at that point, but just knowing that having a relationship with Jesus is not religion. It's just a relationship and it makes such, he lifts, he lifted my burdens. Um, he made going to church very enjoyable and um, just the relationships that I have in the body of Christ and the, just seeing the evidence and the change through what has gone on with Carl between his before knowing Jesus and after knowing Jesus and seeing, I mean, he's evidence of what Jesus can do, <laughs> the witness of what Jesus can do to change a person and change their life and there's just a lot of joy in that so absolutely absolutely and i don't know how much time we have but i would just encourage people to you know in 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 mormonism you're told to doubt your doubts and not research um i would beg beg and plead with people who are coming out of mormonism to not be afraid to research um be open to the fact that, yeah, you've been fooled about Mormonism. What, what you were taught and trained and spoon-fed about Mormonism is wrong. Uh, it, 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 it's just, it, it's a false religion. But just because that's false doesn't mean there's not truth out there. And the yeah. truth is found in the Bible, and the truth is found in Jesus Christ. And I would I encourage people to get the really hard, the good apologetic books, whether you're a William Lane Craig guy, a Frank Turek guy, a Norman Geisler, any of those people put together fantastic apologetic answers to the hardest questions. And the bottom line is, do your research. Don't just throw your hands up and say, well, guess what? Mormonism is false. So the whole thing is false because it's not, it's not true. You've been, you've been lied to about what, if you've been lied to about what Mormonism teaches, have you been lied to about what they teach about the Bible? And have you been lied to about what and who Jesus is? Yes, you have. And it's time to research. 
Exactly. And I loved your anvil analogy for the Bible because as you were talking, it's so thinking it's like, yep, the Bible's an anvil. You can hit it with everything you've got and all it does is absorb it and take it and you know, it's there. There's nothing you can give that it can't take. So and I don't think I realized as a Mormon that Jesus's name was truth. He calls himself truth. So when you're looking for truth, it's Jesus you you need. It's Jesus you're looking for. Yes. Yeah, nice. absolutely. And, and I'm on Facebook, Sherry's on Facebook. We're all over. People are so welcome. Transitioning Mormons are so welcome to reach out to us with those hard questions. We won't be offended and we won't put pressure on anybody. We've had so many people because of the fact that our transition was so public. It was in the Salt Lake Tribune. It was publicly known. Um, we had a lot of people reach out to us. We'll never put pressure on anybody because we know what that's like, but we're here to listen and help answer questions. And that's great. And in our show notes, we'll put contact information, maybe even a link to some of those articles if we if they're still like archived. So if people yeah, want to are. research your story more, if they want to get a hold of you, they'll be able to do that via the podcast. Um, well, and I think we need to have Carl back as a pastor to address some of the specific doctrinal questions that people have after oh, Mormonism. Absolutely. Is, having worked with hundreds of them, I can tell you that people struggle with a lot of the same things and that those answers are in scriptures. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. we would love to do that. So if you're open to that, Carl, we'll, we'll see what we can set up for um, yeah. getting some more episodes with you. Oh, you guys, Ooh, thank wow. you so much for sharing your story. You're wonderful. I'm so glad to have met you this way. I really hope we get a chance to connect in person sometime. Um, but God bless you guys. Thanks for okay, being thank just a too. light, um, a light of truth and a light of hope um, and a light of grace, which is what people need. Grace and peace to you until next time. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We have an exciting announcement. Michael Wilder's new book, Passport to Heaven, is out, and for a donation of $20 or more to the podcast, we'll send it to you. It's the true story of a zealous Mormon missionary who discovers the Jesus he never knew. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the Micah's Book button to get yours. We appreciate your support of the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.